Hello and welcome to our new podcast where today I'm joined by Simon. How are you, Simon? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Seb. This is all very exciting. So for people that aren't really sure about what this is going to be about, can you can you introduce to them an idea of what they can expect? Yeah, what I thought was that um, it might be useful just to enter some, have some dialogue, I suppose, with landlords, tenants um, around some of the issues facing people who rent, whether it's their own property they're renting out or they are renting out a property, kind of issues they face, how we deal with them as a company, um, and also a way of keeping people up to date with legislation and the kind of issues that are, are facing the industry. So for people that aren't too clued up, you obviously run preferential properties. Can you tell us a bit more about preferential properties? Yeah, we're a, a letting agent um, that set up, gosh, 20 odd years ago now, 23, 24 years ago. Um, we do sales as well. Um, and, yeah, there are loads of us out there who do sales and lettings. And what we're trying to do is to just be a little bit different, focus on the quality of service that we offer. Um, it's not necessarily about how many properties we can uh, let or manage, but um, obviously we're a business, so it's important that we have a, a good number. We're always looking for new opportunities, but yeah, just trying to uh, give people really good service. They feel that we look after them as a, an individual rather than just a, you know, a number. So what made you think about podcasting? Well, it seems to be a good way of getting information out to people um, rather than just sending out emails and letters. Um, yeah. And I thought it'd be a good way of engaging with people as well. Yeah, I mean, hopefully people will be able to listen to this and learn a bit more and then be able to interact with you in the future. So let's let's move on to our first topic of today, which is the smoke and carbon monoxide regulations. Yeah. The first question I have for you today is that should all managed properties that have the required alarms installed be tested by the 1st of October 2022? Yeah, I mean, what, what's come out is that, um, you know, there's so much guidance and, and legislation that's coming out around the smoke and carbon monoxide regulations at the moment. And the bottom line is that all managed properties have to have um, smoke alarms and CO alarms installed by the, the 1st of October. Anyone who doesn't meet that requirement is, uh, you know, the landlord unfortunately will get fined potentially up to £5,000. I mean, the advantage of being with us is that all of our properties do meet the, the current regulations, but we are just going through an exercise at the moment to uh, to just make sure that uh, they do still conform. We're picking that up through our inspections, but yeah, everyone will be um, will be compliant with uh, the legislation when it comes in. So will forthcoming legislations mean that smoke alarms have to be interlinked? No, um, general guidance doesn't state that they have to be interlinked. Um, you know, standalones are, are going to be fine. You know, I think there was a bit of a discussion as to whether or not smoke alarms, CO alarms, heat alarms all had to be um, interlinked. But no, it's uh, that they can all act independently of each other. That's good. That's good. Are integrated heat alarms a replacement for standard smoke alarms? No, what we're finding is that um, a lot, lots of new build properties are just putting heat alarms in. 
Um, but actually, uh, heat alarms aren't a requirement of the legislation, and you can't have a heat alarm in isolation. So if you have a heat alarm, brilliant, but you've still got to have a smoke alarm. Which makes sense. So that will help people out there that, that don't quite understand that. Is a carbon monoxide detector required if the appliance is in the garage? Yes, and that's a big change to, to legislation. Um, what it's saying now is that a carbon monoxide alarm has to be fitted in any potential habitable room. And whilst you know garages aren't necessarily habitable rooms, it's a room that you use as part of your accommodation. So in the past, they haven't been needed. Um, whereas from the 1st of October, uh, yeah, you know, smoke, uh, CO alarms rather have to be um, installed in garages. There are regulations in terms of where they, you know, how far away from an appliance they have to be sighted. Um, you know, regulations at the moment are saying that it has to be at head height which is slightly different from where people thought it had to be, but CO apparently is heavier than oxygen, so that's why it needs to be at head height. And it generally has to be between one and three metres from the appliance. For people that maybe have other questions that we probably don't cover on this episode, where would they be able to find out more information from you or from Preferential as a whole? Well, the thing is, there's so much... Um, controversy to, to put it mildly around the legislation that it's, it's very much um, worthwhile if you have a problem or aren't sure give us a call and we'll be able to um, you know set you on the right path but as a, as a managed landlord you know you don't really need to worry about it because we we cover all of those issues up and make sure as I said right at the start that, that you are going to be compliant with, uh, with all these regulations as they as they come in. So I'm just having a look here and it says that when the regulations refer to gas cookers being exempt from the requirements to have a carbon monoxide alarm present in the room, do you think that this also includes integrated gas hobs? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? You'd have thought that, you know, a gas cooker would be the hob as well, but there's been lots of um, discussion around, is, is a hob the same as a cooker? So... Um, but the bottom line is, what, what the regulation is stating is that a gas cooker is something where you can prepare a meal. So a gas hob still fits into that requirement of you can prepare a meal on a gas hob. It may not be the most enjoyable meal, it might be pasta or something else, but you can cook on a gas hob. So yeah, a, a gas hob and a gas oven are, are, are both classes as the same thing. So I know we've previously covered the regulation stating that the CO alarm has to be above head height at one and three metres, but what should you do if the alarm is when the boiler is placed in the cupboard? Yeah, yeah. good question. Um, in, terms of, in terms of where you site it, if the cupboard is big enough, then it has to be in the cupboard, but that's where the one metre one to three meters rules comes in. So if the cupboard is less than a meter, what you would do is generally you'd place it just outside the, the cupboard door um, to give it the best chance. And that also means it's, it, there's also an issue around where boilers are situated in lofts. Um, now, if a tenant uses the loft for storage, which on our tenancies, we don't, we specifically exclude that, 
then you would, if, if the tenant was saying, yeah, but I use uh, the loft for storage, you would have to put the seal alarm in the loft. But again, because we don't encourage our, our tenants to, to use the loft, then what we are saying is that we put it just outside the, the loft hatch on the, on the landing. So yeah, it's, you can start to see how you know, these rules and regulations, how they have to be applied and there has to be an element of common sense, but you also have to uh, you know, be very mindful of, of what the realities are as well. So what about people that maybe struggle to find an engineer? Do they need it to fit their carbon monoxide detectors? Um, you don't have to have um, CO alarms fitted by gas engineers. Um, they can be fitted by anybody, but you know the advantage of, of using us to, to get them done is very much the fact that we know that you know they are conforming to, uh, to legislation. And they so it's always them. safer to have one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we've covered that first topic quite well. Um, about halfway through our episode now, if people still aren't that clued up on preferential properties as a whole, where can they find out more information online? Um, on our website, um, you know, just go to www.pressprop.com um, and that will have all the information on and, and also links to, uh, to actually contact us as well. So where is, where is your office based then? Uh, office based on Lynchfield Road in Mere Green. Um, if anybody visiting the greenhouse, you'll be able to have a have a pint in the pub and uh, look across to our busy offices. So let's move over to our next topic, which is energy efficiency. And the first question I've got for you on here is: in terms of the proposed changes to the minimum energy efficiency rating, are we still expecting this to be a minimum grade C, and from when? Yeah, we're still waiting for the outcome of the, the actual consultation at the moment. Um, so we are expecting it to be a minimum grade C for new lets and renewals from April 2025 um, and existing stock from April 2028. Um, so, yeah, we're still expecting it to be a, a minimum grade C, which will be moving up from a, a, a grade F. Um, but that would have implications for landlords, obviously. So if money is spent now trying to achieve the energy efficiency C rating, does that then count towards the cost cap or should property owners wait to make improvements? Well, earlier on, um, when the last cost cap came in, um, that there were some issues around people doing it too early and therefore weren't able to, to claim so what we're saying to people is there's going to be a, cash, a cost cap, I should say. They're talking about it, uh, discussions, I think, around uh, a £10,000 cost cap for improving energy efficiency. Um, and what we're saying is that we're going through an exercise just to understand how many properties and which properties don't currently meet or won't meet that cost cap when it, um, or that energy efficiency rating rather, when it comes in. So you know, we'll be in touch with all of our landlords um, over the next probably six months to let them know if their property is going to need some additional work doing in. So at this stage, um, I would say, you know, don't, don't really worry about it. We'll be in touch um, and we'll talk through the issues around cost caps and everything else. But yeah, I wouldn't be doing any work right at the moment until more, more detail comes out and you, you, you've heard from us really. 
So we were mentioning off camera just before this episode started, and it made it seem that the renters reform bill also is going to change the length of tenancies. What does this mean for your tenancy, for your tenants and your landlords? Yeah, this one seems to have gone under the radar a bit. Um, you know, effectively what they're proposing is that there won't be fixed term tenancy. So nobody will move in on a fixed term tenancy. Um, and you know, from day one, a tenant could theoretically give notice on the day they move in to move out a month later. Um, I think there's quite a bit of work to be done on, on this particular one at the moment um, to see where this, where this goes. It's very much aimed at um, giving, giving tenants the ability to move around at will without being penalised by lengthy, lengthy tenancy agreements. Issues there for landlords in terms of, um, you know, security of, of having tenants in there. But, you know, it's one of those that's gone, gone under the radar, I think, at the moment. But, um, you know, we need, need some more detail. But it's, it's worth being aware that, uh, you know, there is something in, in the legislation, proposed legislation, I should say, about you know, reducing um, or doing away with fixed term tenancies. Is there any idea of when this is anticipated to come into force? No, I think with the um, change in leadership that's going on with uh, the government at the moment, you know, it may well be this goes on the on the back burner for a few months, but it, it's very much, you know, it does seem to be a, a bit of a political um, issue at the moment that they want to try and, and push through quite quickly, but you know I, I think we'll have a better idea in the in the autumn as to uh, you know once the party have decided their next PM, I think we'll have a better idea as to what policies and, and how they're going to move forward with it. How much notice do you think there will be for these changes? I think with any notice, there's got to be there's got to be a minimum of, of at least six months. So you know it's not going to happen overnight, but I think that once it uh, once it comes into effect, you know we will have to move quite quickly to uh, to change how we how we do things and communicate that message out to everybody. And from me, we've we've finished all of our topics that we really wanted to, to discuss on our first episode. So for you as a business, how many days a week are you open? Uh, so we're open. Uh, six days a week, Mondays to Fridays, nine to five. The Saturdays are, are generally taken up with um, viewings on uh, on properties, both for sale and, and for rent. And if anyone has any additional questions that we maybe didn't cover in this episode, do you have a mobile number that they can get in touch with? Um, probably best to keep the officer call. Um, most landlords have my uh, have my mobile number anyway. Um, drop me an email. But yeah, you know, however they want to communicate is is absolutely fine. So I think this has been quite a success, and I think there will be hopefully another episode coming out soon. Do you have any topics lined up for that next episode? Yeah, um, not sure how successful it will be, Seb. I think you perhaps jumped in again a little bit with that one, but um, yeah. Obviously, any feedback we get from, from anybody who does listen, you know, will be gratefully received. I think next time we're going to look, at, I'd like to talk about um, tenant deposits, I think. You know, that's always a, a, a good one to, to talk about. Um, and repairs and maintenance and maybe looking at, you know, just landlords' obligations and tenants' obligations around uh, sick maintenance.
So that might actually be a, a bit of a fun one. Well, thanks for joining me. I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Seb.